Hello, greetings and salutations. Whoa, 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 we haven't got time for that bullshit. We can finally talk about that show I've been telling you to watch for bloody ages. Yes, that's right, we can finally talk about Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Wait, what? I haven't seen that. Wait, what's that long awkward silence for? Because I haven't watched it yet. It's on the to-watch list, along with everything else that you've seen, my to-watch pile of media. It's in there somewhere. I haven't watched it yet. It's not so much a pile, is it, so much as a mound? Well, yeah. That's, that's fair. Oh, in that case, why have I bothered to phone you, then? What 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 can we talk about instead? H- have you done anything, or are you, are you still got your thumb up your ass? Um, it's a bit of both. I mean, the thumb up my butt is a given. I'll tell you what I did watch, though. What'd you watch? I watched Mando! Mando? The Mandalorian Series 1. Rather than being several years behind, you're only sort of six months behind the rest of the UK. That's not too Pretty bad. Much. Not too bad, okay. Let's have a little chinwag about this. So I watched it when it first became available in the UK. So I may be slightly rusty. However, I remember happy, fond memories. <laughs> and, and glistening and glistening Star Warsy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, at time of recording, I finished Mandu! I believe it was on Tuesday night. For date stamp purposes, we're recording this in early September. So I finished it on the sec- I want to say second of September or something like that. And I finished it at some point last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you've got your finger on the pulse, unlike me. Yeah, you know, for me normally being late to the party, I was pretty much front and centre for as soon as this became available in the UK because there was somewhat of a slight staggered release, I believe. I think America had, sorry, America had um, this release before us on Disney Plus, and it was a staggered release internationally. And I think UK was one of the later regions to finally get access to Disney Plus and then by The Mandalorian. So obviously by that time, there was enough buzz on the internet for me to go, hey, that's a thing. I need to get ready for that thing. I'm not going to miss that thing. I will be there ready for that thing. <laughs> My knowledge of it was that it was released uh, October 2019 in the States where Disney Plus launched and then if memory serves Disney Plus launched in I want to say it was March 2020 because it was around the time of lockdown the UK lockdown anyway because people went a little bit crazy signing up for all of the video streaming services because lockdown and you're not allowed to go outside remember that outside Dave members. Um, that's the place where the sunlight is, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I, I don't like that place. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was one of the nutters then that watched in March. And it, I say last year because time moves funnily. Uh, funnily? I can't even talk English now. Time moves strangely when you're um, quarantined to two rooms. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can imagine. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. No, 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 no. 
Okay, so March was a fair while ago, but I do have some memories of this. But really, I don't know. Do you want to talk about some of the cast first, or can we just go into that initial opening scene in the bar, which I thought was fucking amazing? Let let's go let's go cast first, and then we'll get into the the nitty gritty minutia. Minutia. Ooh. I know. I I yes. <laughs> you gone done did a word there. Come on, fire away with some cast. They were actually all pretty good. I mean, I recognised a few of them. So you had guy from Breaking Bad turn up as the big bad at. Than the very last episode, I want to say his name is uh, John Carlo Espanito. I mean, I may have made that up. That's a much better pronunciation than what I was going to attempt, so we'll go with that. <laughs> I really enjoyed him because every, he, I mean, anything he's in, he brings a certain gravitas anyway. Not just Breaking Bad, he's also in some of the Maze Runner films, which I would imagine that you will not have heard of or have seen. I have heard of them, and I filed them under teen rubbish, so I haven't seen them. Ah, now, that's the problem. I've seen... I think I've seen all of them, but he's in that as a... Shall we say he's Chicken dealer. He's he's a... No, he's not a chicken dealer. He's like a mentor role for one of the kids later in the series. They kind of help him out, but he's really good in that. And the most recent thing I think at the moment I can think of him being in is in Far Cry 6. Yes, I remember the announcement now, seeing him on the poster. I was like, ooh, I'm almost tempted to buy that game, except I don't believe in year-on-year releases. Yeah. So I didn't, and I haven't. Other name that I thought was actually pretty good as well was obviously our man Carl Weathers. Oh yeah. Mind you, the one thing that disappointed me there was, there was no there was no Arnie handshake. How come he did not <laughs> greet a single character by ripping off his shirt sleeve and going BAM Bro shake. <laughs> Missed opportunity. I mean there was there is that, but it's always nice to see Carl Weathers. I can't even remember the last thing I saw him in. Uh, Adam Sandler playing golf. Got at yeah, probably Crocodile, Happy Gilmore. He? Happy Gilmore, thank you. Happy Gilmore, yeah. That was probably the last thing I see him in, and that was in the oh, mid-90s or so. So another person I really enjoyed in the series was Gina Carano as yep. Cara Dune. Yep. Now, I didn't realise it was actually Cara, uh, Gina Carano until you told me, because I I think I messaged you while I was watching it, going, I recognise this person, who is it? And I went, supervillain landing, or superhero yes. landing, and you went, oh my god, that's the one from Deadpool, how did I not recognise her? That's like, the one. Come on. Well, like I know, I knew that you wouldn't recognise her from UFC... Which is, so she was a fighter on UFC? Yeah. Um, and I knew you wouldn't recognise her from that, but I knew you'd recognise her from Deadpool the moment I said that. Yeah. The film I was thinking of that was her debut was in 2011 and called Haywire. Haywire. Ring. Yes, that rings a bell now. Well, it also starred uh, Shannon Tatum. Ah, yes, Magic Mike himself. Michael Fassbender. Ah, yes. 
Ewan McGregor. That's a real sort of... Um, Bill Paxton. Yeah, real sci-fi sort of... Antonio Banderas. Yeah, okay, forget about the sci-fi tinge. <laughs> Michael Douglas. That's that's a hell of a cast. Yeah, it, it was quite a peculiar one. Um, that's a hell of a cast right there. But I believe she acted as the lead choreographer for that. Oh wow, that's 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 good going. Yeah. Um back to Mando though. Sorry, I I got distracted by violence. <laughs> back to Mando. I've got to say most important person in the series was well the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. How great was he in that series considering 90% well the majority of the time he had his face covered. He was doing a he was doing a proper Carl Urban dreadfair. I liked it. Yeah, he was so good, which is just again considering that actors you you know ninety nine percent of actors will use their face to convey emotions and feelings and things like that, and the fact that you can't see his face that's that's pretty bloody impressive because well, you know exactly how 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 the Mando Mando is you know, going to get out of situations and things like that, pre-planning and, you know, even the moments where people go for his helmet, you can kind of tell that he's, like, angry or he's, he's you know, distressed or whatever. How bloody good. Well, I think the thing with the helmet is from his experience on Game of Thrones, where, slight massive spoiler, but mind you, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you shouldn't be anymore because that series ended shit. He portrayed a character in season four called Oberyn Martell. Okay. He had a very bad time with the mountain. Right. Basically, Peter Dinklage demanded trial by combat and had someone fight on his behalf. And uh, Oberyn Martell stepped up and went, yeah, I want some of that. The mountain killed my sister, you know, raped his children. I want fucking vengeance. And he basically damn near kills the mountain, who's played by um, former Welsh strongest man, Hafir Bjornsson, who's like six foot seven or something ridiculous and built like a brick shit house. But essentially, Oberyn basically wins the fight and then he's shouting in the mountain's face, who then promptly pushes him to the floor, mounts him, puts his thumbs into his eye sockets, crushes his head, killing him, and then he squeezes his head so hard it bursts. So probably he thought a helmet might be wise. <laughs> yes, because yes. that is how, how wall fiction works. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it was. It's a bit like Quantum <laughs> Leap. He died there and then his next leap was into uh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> the, so the Mandalorian's character name is actually Jin, Jin Darwin or something? Jin... Yeah, Din Djarin. However, we will now refer to him from now on, thanks to Carl Weathers, as Mando! Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> so other cast I was quite pleasantly pleased by. Nick Nolte. Ah, of course. Playing, I believe now, my turn for a weird pronunciation. Was it Quill? QI? I will take your word for it. Yeah, I, I'm no good with pronunciations of... However, he has spoken. <laughs> yes, yes he has. I now know who that is. 
Yes, of course, of course. Had, yeah. had you not made the association that that was Nick Nolte? No, no, of course I didn't. Come on. Oh, my. What do you expect from me? To, to know instantly that was Nick Nolte? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid not. I am afraid not. Oh, um, yeah, that, that's, that's him. Of, of course, now I know. Knowing is half the battle, my, my friends. Mm. So I thought that was a, a, quite a nice little performance. But then the other performance, sorry, I wanted to go into before you sum up the cast. Mm. Now, I believe that Tika Wahiti did the voice of the robot, IG-11. IG-11. Mm. Yeah, how good was he? <laughs> He's great. So very, very as, good. <laughs> as solely a voice... The fact I didn't even recognise it was him as well, that, yeah. That, wait, are you telling me you didn't realise that was Taika Waititi? Well, con- considering that Taika... Is it, sorry, when, have I been when... pronouncing his name wrong already? <laughs> Taika Waititi. The fact that when you say Taika Waititi, I instantly think of Ragnarok and I instantly think of Korg. Okay, yeah. Yeah, can't blame you for that. But then there's also some other great little appearances in here so we've got mark boone jr who you'd know from sons of anarchy uh, appears in yes. the prisoner episode it was a great great little appearance um yes. there was also do, 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 natalie tanner playing zion Zion. again i believe the prisoner episode you would know her and i would as well as nymphadora from harry potter and all of the phoenix oh Will that be her in the episode known as The Prisoner, which also obviously stars, and I did just say obviously, and I know that's your favourite word, Richard <laughs> Iodi is um, zero. Yeah, that was unexpected. Richard Iodi turning up out of nowhere to do a voice. And my other favourite from that episode, Clancy Brown. Yes, the Kurgan. Oh, the Kurgan. <laughs> But overall, the the cast doing fantastic work for effectively what is, I hasten to say, kids show. Would you call it a kids show? No. No. No, I I, I would not call it a kids show. I would call it um, what Star Wars fans wanted rather than the new trilogy. <laughs> See, because I've seen a lot of people band about on the internet, basically saying, "Well." It's effectively a kid series, which is what Star Wars... Well, Star Wars basically is now. It's it's for kids, it's not for... How can it be a kid series? It's quite violent. Yeah, but when you think about it, all the best kids TV series from over the years always have a bit of... Not necessarily as much violence as this, but there's still an, enough peril to kind of... Uh, an, an adult situation. It's not necessarily over the top... But there is still enough of it to... When you think about... Think about Batman the Animated Series. Think about how dark and brooding that was, right? But yeah, that was ostensibly aimed towards children. But you think about the tone of that show and how dark it was and some of the themes it kind of played with. That was It was ridiculous. You're trying to tell me Batman the Animated Series is for children? <laughs> Touché. Touché. Wow, okay. Touché, my good sir. I, I wouldn't have pitched... Um... This Star Wars series is at children, but arguably it does a good enough job that if it is pitched as children, me as a fully grown adult man, 
Um, <laughs> yes, I did just say that. Found it quite entertaining and gripping, and I watched this thing in like relatively short period of time. So, yeah, um, mm. it ticked boxes. So, so let's get into it. I, I really want to talk about the opening bar scene, but before that, I want to talk about the intro and outro credit sequences. I love the art. Oh my. Yes, that's so good, isn't it? Mm. The the art style and things, so good. Very reminiscent of kind of old westerns and things like that. Actually, do you know what? The whole show has exactly kind of gone back to the roots of Star Wars, it being a space western, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, like even now, many months later, that still stands out in my memory as something I enjoyed from my viewings. Yeah. And I watched... The credits start to finish every time. I did not skip them. I did not move straight to the next episode or fast forward them or just stop watching. I watched all of it and then ingested it. Yeah. And I liked how they were different every single episode. Yeah. It kind of threw me back to the 1960s Star Trek series with kind of the frozen images at the end of every episode. And on top of that, for a more... uh, not more recent. Let's not say recent. It would be the same years. Captain Scarlet. <laughs> Captain Scarlet did the same thing with Captain Scarlet dying. Effectively, in every image, still image, he was being killed in some horrific, brutal way. But it was all hand-drawn. It was absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely loved it. More more of that, please. Yeah. Um. For definite. Um. So straight away, those sequences just, you're instantly going, yep, I'm going to like this, regardless of what follows, I know I'm going to like this because I've put some effort in here. <laughs> uh, this is going to be good. And it, and it really was because, I can finally talk about it, that intro scene of the first episode in the bar, just yes. where he turns up and just ruins the whole room. With just like, <laughs> you know, I'm a bounty hunter. This is how you do it. I'm not getting sucker punched by Han Solo here or some blind guy. I'm just going to boss the entire room, extract my target. I was like, yeah, this is why the Mandalorians have a reputation. I'm not being that, he- I like Star Wars, but I'm not heavily into the lore and the canon of it. It didn't click what a Mandalorian was straight away. Badass motherfucker. It didn't click for me straight away, but once I obviously got into it and I saw the helmet, I was like, wait a minute, that looks like Boba, Hett's, Boba Fett's helmet and, and stuff like that. that. That was enough for me. So I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a big Star Wars person, but I know a bit more about the expanded universe and stuff than probably what the average watcher of movies does. So I knew that the Mandalorians were essentially a badass uh, race of... Well, they're not a race, as Carl Weathers makes the mistake of, are they? It's more an ideolo- it's more like an ideological system. I want to say the word cult, but not really a cult. No. Um, no. That you can be any race, religion, species, and join them and train with them sort of thing but you don't have to be born on mandalore and the fact that he didn't know that and he's been working with mando for a long period of time so even Jin, being like a former strike trooper knew that 
the Mandalorians is a bloody ideology and not a race of people. And like she worked for the Empire. Like how how and like surely they're all just cannon fodder. And yet she knows, so Carl Weathers must be pretty <laughs> thick. <laughs> or or am I underthinking the Empire's training programme? I'm thinking that Carl Weathers is woefully underinformed. Yeah, that intro scene in the bar just perfectly set the tone of what to expect from uh, Mando's capabilities and what the show's going to be, which very similar to The Witcher, which you need to finish watching. Um, yes, it's on the list. On the fucking list. His list, by the way, is the size of like a 400-page fucking book. <laughs> um <laughs> Is more like you're going to see this guy doing side quests. It's not all just one epic story arc. You're going to see him do side missions and uh, and get some XP for doing other business and such. And that's what I really enjoyed about the series. They did effectively monster of the week episodes, but then on top of that, you've got this little overarching story of him looking after the child. Yeah, whilst whilst the um, whatever, whilst the remnants of the empire, again played yeah. by uh, Werner Paul Werner, more saying Werner Herzog. Yeah, again, always good as a villain. Is sort of stalking him or having people looking for him. You know, it has that constant little low level threat. And again, my brain just screams Nazi as me because one of his standout roles, he plays a former Nazi, I believe. And you just sort of like, yes, th- this is what I like. I'm, I'm, I'm into this, which nicely brings us actually into what I liked around the whole world building thing, just around the way the bounties worked, like those cool key fob thingies. Oh yes, yes, the pucks, yeah, the hockey pucks. I liked that. That was good. Five years after the Galactic Empire has fallen, yeah. So it's, of course they would kind of do it all on on that, kind of keeping it on the down low, yeah. things like that. And what an interesting time to set the show as well. So it's not like even during, you know, during the uh, the, the reign of Darth Vader and, and his electric buddies. Uh, Emperor Pouts. That's the fella. This is Palpatine See, My speaking. mind went blank. That's the one that my mind went blank then. Unlimited but power! The f- <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that they've said it in kind of a war-torn galaxy. Well, uh, and it's, it's civil, ra- civil unrest that, somewhat. Yeah, it's, and it's not political only, strife. Exactly that. The fact that it's not immediately after the downfall of the Empire. So it's not like they're all going, oh, fuck, what's that? The Empire's down, and like there's a power struggle of different people trying to take over. I like that there's enough time afterwards that some form of a republic's been built and is taking effect, except on the outer rim, where all of the shithole bars and stuff is, which seems to be where all the interesting things happen in the Star Wars universe. Um, of course. But I like there's a short enough distant time period distance time period distance. I like that only a short period of time has elapsed, so you're still close to familiar territory being the Empire and you have all those remnants, but not a huge amount of time has passed, so then we're not seeing the rise of the new Empire, Third Reich or whatever. New order. Yeah, New Order, Third Reich. You know what I mean. So you're not seeing that whole rise, and thereby trying to tie it into those new films, which 
I hear rooms are no longer going to be canon because, oh dear. So I like that <laughs> it's very close to the end of the original trilogy. So you could still potentially have some of those characters crop up or be referenced in whispers. Like, I'm surprised we didn't hear more whispers about going, hey, you heard of that 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 Jedi, that, that Luke Skywalker? Like, can levitate <laughs> shit and, and stuff, all that. Or have you heard about that seven foot fucking Wookiee ripping people's arms off? You know, <laughs> you could hear little whispers and rumors of the characters and stuff like that potentially. I'm surprised we didn't get more of that, but then conversely, I'm also glad that we didn't. Yeah, see, I don't mind fan service, but I would rather the first series at least building the world and building the setting. And then maybe series two, as we will, we'll probably come on to very shortly. Obviously, they're bringing in more familiar characters and things like that that kind of tie in with the lore and the canon i better not see c3po or i'm gonna be fucking furious but don't you know who's built by anakin skywalker dun 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 yeah what a twist do you know what we do need to talk about though no the effects and the puppetry yep because holy crap how good were those they put a lot of effort and money into this series when they really, really didn't need to. Because I think at least eighty percent of everything you saw on screen was practical. And coming from the garbled CGI mess of the first prequel three films, bravo. Bra- bra- just bravo. Yeah. More practical effects, please. This is the thing is that it's easier for actors to react to physical things and you get a more genuine reaction. And CG should always be used to enhance practical. It shouldn't be used in place of. Of course, we're looking at you, Thing 2011, but completely agree, 100%. I was also thinking about Shrek, to be honest. That would have been much better if that was live action. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God, live-action Shrek. Have you not seen the videos from Shrek the Musical? Oh, God. Still better than Shrek Nightmare Fuel. Uh, Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, sorry, the practical effects. Yeah, the practical effects on Baby Yoda, the child, whatever you want to call it. I think we're pretty much elapsed at this point. Everyone's calling him Baby Yoda, however... He's just called the child because Yoda is the name of a dude. Yes, it's an infant of the yeah. same species. And no, I don't know the name of the species. But it doesn't have a canonical name I'm, as far as I'm aware. I'm pretty sure that the species is not called Yoda. Thereby, you wouldn't call it baby Yoda. And it's no relation because Yoda at that time is rather elderly and will have been in exile for quite a period of time. If it's set after the fall of the Galactic Empire, then Yoda would be dead. Well, they I think they said that the child is around 50 human years old. So oh, he would have been on exile. He would have been exiled. He would have been too old and too exiled to have an infant. So this is know. the one thing that I actually don't like about the series. What? I don't mean as in don't like. It's more one of the things I went, oh, really? It was that. But then potentially this could be a good thing. 
um, as well, was that, oh, wait, there's another of Yoda's species. Oh, and he's got the Force. Really? Really? Are we going down that route of saying that all Skywalkers are going to have mystical powers, you know, can use the Force because their parents had the Force? Are we now going to sort of go down that route of close approximation, which I was a bit like, but then I was also like, oh, but hang on a minute. In the new films, they said that there hasn't been any Jedi or anything for a period of time and they've all been wiped out. And I'm like, so is this TV series retconning everything that we know? Because we know that Yoda's species live for a very, very long time. And then we're saying in the new films that Kylo Ren wiped out all of the Jedi or new Jedi or whatever you want to call them. So are we sort of saying that, that the child with Jedi powers is no longer around those 20, 30 years later, even though he would still be around because that species lives for hundreds of years or something. I was just trying to, and, and knowing that he's got force abilities, I was just trying to work out in my head, are they going that, hmm, at some point this child is not going to survive the overarching Mandalorian? Or are they going, yeah, basically those films are no longer canon, did not happen, um, because that's the rumour we're hearing from Disney anyway going yeah we're reconsidering our options we may have um, fucked the the pooch a bit too much so you know I didn't think into it as far as that oh I did because I was, um, en- I was enjoying kind of the theme of uh, fatherhood and and you know guardianship and things like that I was really enjoying that do you know what it really reminded me of, actually, which is a total and blatant rip, actually, of what they took it from? Okay. It reminded me of uh, Shogun Assassin, also known in its original native form as Lone Wolf and Cub. Okay. So for those yeah. of you who don't know what Lone Wolf and Cub is, it's basically it is a samurai... Yeah, it's a samurai warrior who goes about feudal Japan... With his with his son and his child, just trying to keep him away from, I want to say it was the Shogun himself. No, not the Shogun. That's the wrong word. Head honcho of Japan at the time. But either way, it kind of reminded me of of that, and I was really digging the vibes from it. Okay, it's probably people who have seen the Lone Wolf and Cub series that have either seen it or read it. We'll go, oh yeah, well actually, it's just a straightforward rip. But I, having never seen it, I really liked it. I liked the themes and, you know, the guardianship thing. And obviously the bonding experience between Mandu and, and the child itself. And there were some really heartwarming little scenes there. Were kind of where the child helped save Mandu. And, you know, even the little thing in... The, uh, I want to call it the slave carrier, but it's not as Boba Fett's bloody ship. The, uh, his, his spacecraft, where he takes the knob off of the, um, out of the gear stick, off the gear stick, and gives, he originally yeah. takes it away, doesn't he? He goes, Don't take that, yeah, don't, don't play with that. And then eventually he just, just kind of gives it to him to play with yeah. while he's driving. <laughs> I really like that. It's the nice. Really nice little touches like that. I was kind of like, that's cool. So you like heartwarming things like that. that. And I quite like the bit where the baby got punched in the face. Yeah, I must admit that made me laugh as well. <laughs> I was like, yes, finally. That's that's quite funny. I'm down for that. Yeah, that was in the last episode, wasn't it? They're going, you just want to look at it. 
Yeah. Um, We're not allowed to look at it. I, that little whole five-minute scene, actually, from that last episode. I was in stitches. That was so funny. Yeah, it's some brilliant... You know, that's one of the best things about Star Wars is just random dialogue from, from essentially NPCs, which is normally just <laughs> so much, so trivial and drivel and just complete nonsense. And that was pure nonsense. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great the effects work on the child as well really really cool I'm really glad they kind of went for the puppet yeah. as well as opposed to the uh, what we eventually got with the later two prequel films of I know he's, I know we've just had a whole discussion saying he's not Yoda but the CGI Yoda look that they could have gone for with the child yeah the, the, really glad the, they went. Okay, this is the other thing I don't like about the child, and that's because of how it ties into the newest Star Wars film, as where the child, at the young age of 50 or so, is able to force heal. And I'm pretty sure they introduced that element so that uh, Mary Sue can do it in the newest movie and go, oh, yes, but there's, there's canonical evidence of it. It happened in The Mandalorian. Sort of thing, and I'm pretty sure that's the only reason he introduced force healing there. Mind you, it was done much better in the Mandalorian than what it was in the movie. Oh god, I that was in the last film, right? The uh, the the rise of Skywalker, right? Which they were just passing around life force, you know, going, "I'll save you, Daisy Ridley." No, I'll save you, um, um, driver, driver, um, Adam Driver. Adam driver. And they'll just pass around life force willy-nilly. I'm like, oh, that's just fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> it would have been much better in that film rather than heal the giant worm that she healed fucking Chewbacca or somebody she actually cared about and discovered the ability that way. Just as a side note, if you're listening, Abrams. <laughs> no, actually, well, it's not Abrams' fault. He come in and tried the best he could with the shit he'd been left. But really, it's all Kathleen Kennedy's fault, probably. Or, or the people that met, or the people that went. Let's make a new trilogy of films, but not have an overarching story planned out. We'll just wing it each film. How fucking stupid yeah. is that? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Speaking of stupidity, those yes. Robin bastard Jawas. Oh, I loved seeing the Jawas back. Oh, so funny. So I, great. I really wanted to watch more of them burn. But that's why you have the Force Unleashed, surely. Yeah, I know, but that's what I was really hoping Mando was going to do. Wanted him to kick a few more of them airborne, new court, <laughs> rather than going on a fetch quest for them, for them then to just smash the eggs, if memory says. Did they just smash the eggs when they got them? Yes. They weren't even eating the yolk, they were just rubbing it all over themselves like some weird <laughs> nutters. And I'm like, just fucking burn the lot of them. Like, ignore Nick Nolte, just burn the lot of them and get your gear back. I need help. Keep four or five of them alive and go fix my fucking ship or I'm burning you as well, you little bastards. <laughs> that's just I mean, one guy. That's just one guy's opinion, of course. <laughs> but again, that, that fight against was it a giant worm or a dragon or something? I can't even remember what it was. Um that laid the eggs. I can't Oh It was it was a something craft, wasn't it? It was. Um, the... that was a brilliant and emotional scene for the child to then suddenly 
Go. I know the force, check this out. Despite having the child spoiled on the internet, going, this is a thing in the series, what I didn't have spoiled for me was the fact that the child had force powers. So when that happened, yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. Also, based on the reasons I said, I'm kind of like, oh, no, not the force powers. It's not going to be one of those sort of things. But actually, I was like, that's quite cool. Yeah, see, we got to, We have to talk about that. The fact that we got we in the UK got it so late and we effectively had the big thing about the series effectively spoiled. Yeah, America. Because, of course... Unless you are one of these people who happen to have VPNs and things and manage to watch it. But the fact that obviously all the kind of images and things come out basically week after week of, you know, Baby Yoda. I remember the memes that went around of him standing there. And the toys, like, the best thing was was that they made toys of the child, but they didn't make them before the series released. You're like, oh, this is brilliant. But then as soon as the show dropped in the States and everyone's going... Where are Baby Yoda toys? And then it's like, if you're avoiding all of the media and movie websites, it's suddenly on all the toy sites and being promoted that way. And you're like, how is there no way to, to, to avoid this? Fucking Toys R Us. I was more astounded by the fact... I was more astounded by the fact that even though the toys came out effectively later, the fact that they were even... Well, effectively, none of it was even spoiled at all. Because you think about how many scenes from, say, popular Marvel films have been potentially spoiled because of leaks from either Funko Pops or, you know, Lego sets. You know, you Uh, think about Age of Ultron, and obviously they had the big... Yeah, didn't they have that Funko with, like, a hole in it where Quicksilver died? (laughs) No, but they had big Lego sets and stuff, didn't they, of the final battles, where they were going to take place. And I remember uh, Infinity War as, as well, there was a big, there was a leak because there was there was a Hulkbuster Lego set, a uh, Hulkbuster Lego minifig appear in one of the sets, mm. and they're going, oh, is the Hulkbuster going to appear in Infinity War and things like that. So the fact that yeah. nothing at all leaked about the child... Even though, like the like baby, say, the toys. Even though the toys the came out later than, you know, than the series itself. That's that's a miracle in itself. So props to John Favreau, you know, who executive produced the series, and what a choice that was to get John Favreau to to executive yeah. produce and show run the whole show, considering that he is the person who effectively birthed the whole of the MCU as well. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that's the only reason why he was able to do so much because Disney were like, he made mega bucks with Marvel. We should listen to this guy. Yeah. He, you know, I think that's probably one of the only reasons why Disney, the mega company, was sort of complied. Because yeah. otherwise, you could imagine them just going, no, fuck off with Disney. We'll do what we want. But on top of that as well, it's not only his work with Marvel that obviously would have put him on the map with Disney, it's his work on, you know, the re the remake of Jungle Book, I say remake, the reimagining of Jungle Book for Disney, which is actually, you know what, it was on... Did, did he do that? Say, I've, I've not yeah, seen that, that was, because I that went... Favreau. 
my brain went live action, no thanks. Do you know what? It was on, I want to say it was either Christmas Just Gone or the year before. I can't remember now. But I sat there and I watched it because it was a premiere on BBC or something. And actually it's pretty good. It wasn't nowhere near as horrific as I thought it was going to be. He's even That's done... not much of a statement. It wasn't as horrific as I thought it was going to no, be. No, it's generally a really good film. I thought it was going to be... I thought exactly the same as you. Thinking, oh, live action remake, no thank you. But actually, it's really good. It's really fun. And he even did, you know, he's done the... I hasten to say live action. But he did the live action remake of The Lion King. Which I haven't seen... He was a great Foggy Nelson. Oh, oh yeah. You know <laughs> I bought that out of my memory. All the more reason for me to bring it up. Good Lord, yes, yes, he was in Daredevil, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Does this mean I have to cover Daredevil at some point? Yeah, but th- what you have to do is do the director's cut, which is far better. Yeah. It is. I've seen that. It also has added Coolio. Are you saying that Coolio adds to the director's cut being better, or I'm saying that it adds something. That that his removal from the theatrical cut is what caused it to shit the bed. Yes, it was awful because they cut Coolio. I was going to say Michael Clark Duncan as the kingpin. Brilliant casting. It was really left field. Yeah, loved it. Anyway. Anyway, back to Mando. I can't even remember yeah. what we're talking about. Jawas, Robin bastards. They were indeed. Do you know who the last ep- who directed the last episode? Was it George Lucas? No, it was Taika Waititi. Arguably, that's the, the best, best episode <laughs> for for. That is certainly the best episode with his character um, IG Eleven in it. Oh God! You know, yes. Th- like. Th- <laughs> Uh, I can't. I can't even quote it because I'm just laughing so much. <laughs> you, you know the line I mean as well, don't you? The nurse and protect. So so good. <laughs> just the whole the whole plot of that that character, like being a badass assassin robot, is reprogrammed to be a nanny. Like, come on! I am no longer a hunter. I am a nurse droid. <laughs> For me, the other episodes stand out in my memory was The Prisoner, where they essentially do a prison break. I thought that was a brilliant, nice little standout episode. Granted, it had all the little cameos in it, but just the episode itself going, hang on, there's this rumour about the Mandalorian and how he did a particular job and his badassness and everything. And then the way he just completely outclasses the criminals he's working with one by one when they realised, wait, we didn't kill him. <laughs> um, it was just, yeah, that that just brilliant. Co-written. Uh, Christopher Yost. No, I am not. He is quite... He was a member of the Marvel Writers Programme. He actually worked as a screenwriter on two, the, two of the four movies as well. He actually even came up with... The character of X-23, I believe. And he nice. wrote on uh, the X-Men Evolution series that obviously she was in and things like that as well. But yeah, Christopher Yost 
co-wrote on that episode. So good, good, good stuff. I literally had no idea that the new series was ready to be dropped, so I'm quite excited to sit down and watch that on release day. Uh, now, you see, because I listen to many different nerdy podcasts and such, I already knew that effectively, as soon as Series 1 went out, in America anyway, they'd effectively already written Series 2, it had already been picked up for a Series 2 and 3, and that 2 was effectively pretty much shot and in the bag. Wow. Think they're on pre-production right now of series three. What I like about this is it shows that Star Wars doesn't always have to be about a Skywalker, doesn't always have to be about the Jedi or the Sith. That you can have decent stories in the world that aren't revolving around those same core characters. Arguably, I think since Disney obtained the Star Wars, the early twenty tens, yep. Back in the early 2010s, in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Arguably, I want to say that the stuff that hasn't been focused on the Skywalkers has been the best stuff. Yeah. So, undoubtedly, Rogue One, easily the best film out of the newest batch that I really, really enjoyed. Even Solo, as flawed as the production was, and it wasn't a perfect film. They got directors on board that are known for encouraging improv and stuff like that, and they didn't really have a firm script and things, which is the same issue with the main sequel trilogy. Plan your shit out and hire (laughs) the right directors for the job. Don't hire directors that you know are good for one thing and then ask them to do something completely different. If you want someone just to do what they're told... You might as well have just hired Ron Howard from the very get-go because he did an all right job in a short period of time. I'd be curious to know how good a job he could have done if he'd had the project from the get-go. I'm I'm much uh, happier now that I know about where the dice came from. But again, (laughs) with that film, the thing for me, I was was like, oh, cool, Darth Maul. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I want to see a proper live-action spin-off with him in it. I know that he's in all the animated Clone Wars and blah, blah, blah. We haven't talked about the Darksaber. I was so excited when I saw that uh, Moff, um, Moff, Moff Chickenberger had the Darksaber. <laughs> I was so chuffed about that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So at some point he must have killed Darth Maul and got the dark Darksaber. Well, I'm saying he must have killed or had an interaction with Darth Maul because as far as I'm aware, that's the only known location of a Darksaber because, again, in Star Wars mythology, I think the kyber crystals needed for Darksabers are very rare and all sorts of bullshit and you're much more likely just to, I don't know, insert people that know what they're talking about from the Wikipedia here sort of thing, but... I would assume that for the one known Darksaber in that time period is with Darth Maul, he must have acquired it from him at some point. Can I see that, please? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't even put two and two together until we started texting about it the other night, going it was a Darksaber. 
I um, yeah. you, I just you saw were like, it. You were like, what is it? And I'm like, it's a dark saber. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like, what's a dark saber? I'm like, how do you not know what a dark saber is? It's like the most badass fucking weapon going. See, my only experience of a dark saber was when we played Star Wars: The Force Unleashed, and we played the <laughs> yeah. DLC, and we had the dark saber on uh, Star Killer, whatever his name was. But I'm excited to see where series two goes. I know that they have a cast Ahsoka, and I was so, just so reading cool. on the internet as we spoke. Very sorry that the legend tells that. The Dark Saber was created by the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. I wonder if Favro googled that as well. Or we well, know what that me- you know what that means then. Mando's leveling up to get that Dark Saber. <laughs> my my understanding is that there's only one known Dark Saber in circulation. That's the plot point of season two, questing for the Dark Saber. You know it won't be. I, I I don't care. So the other <laughs> thing, do you reckon we're going to see Boba Fett? Yes, he got out by a Sarlacc pit, but as Robot Chicken indicated, he got out of it. Do we reckon we're going to see him or some remnant of him or his armour or something in this show to indicate that he made out of that Sarlacc pit? Because that would be pretty cool. Spoilers. Do you want to know? Well, now you've said spoilers, and clearly it fucking does. <laughs> and that um, will be awesome. I look forward to seeing it. Spoilers. The uh, the actor who played him in Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's has he been, sources has he been, say has, sources has he say been seen? sources say that he's he's a small role in season two. Well, my issue with that then is I want a true Boba Fett. I don't want him to say anything. He he, he doesn't have to be that dude. Just that's, use the original actor. I know he's probably in his 70s now, but he's fine. That's that's the whisper. So presumably, if they're teasing him for Series 2, possibly, because apparently he's even teased in Series 1. Fuck, is he? I must. That's embarrassing that I've missed that then. <laughs> Which I didn't even realise. Apparently, I it's did in, not see that. Did they? Someone. It's in wow. episode five. Which is, is it? Which one was episode five? The Stop gun the fucking slinger. presses here. Uh, the fifth episode ends with someone approaching the lifeless body of Fennec Shand, played by Ming Na Wen. Hmm. And apparently, um, the clue was that this this character wears spurs, and apparently Boba Fett has spurs. Does he? Fuck. Apparently. Really? Is, is that an actual proper thing? That's not just someone connecting dots that aren't there, yeah? Is that I a proper... I don't know. Was uh... that episode set on Tatooine? I know one of the episodes was on Tatooine, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. I believe Are so. Are we saying that he's escaped the Scarlet Pit, but he's stuck on fucking Tatooine? Probably. Oh, that poor bastard. <laughs> Sand. It's coarse. Gets everywhere. Gets Ugh. everywhere. <laughs> like, surely the first thing I'd do after escaping the Scarlet Pit, once I got better, is get the fuck off that planet. 
Have um, some self-respect and get off that fucking planet. Far too much shit has happened there over the last 30 years. Tatooine is not good for you. Tatooine is not the hip, cool, happening place that it once was. Yeah, and if you don't get out of there at some point, fucking Mary Sue's going to turn up and it's just going to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm being very dismissive of that character. It's just because the last film I didn't like. I quite liked the very slow chase in um, The Last Jedi. The, the final film... I was kind of disappointed on because it was just a hodgepodge, bodge together, an answer. And I'm very disappointed that the ending was censored on the say-so of China. I wanted Force Ghosts. That was the original intention, to have Force Ghosts of all the voices that we heard. We were going to get Force Ghosts. And China went, no, we don't like ghosts. And Disney went, okay, no ghosts. Why the fuck not? I wanted to see Sam Jackson, Ewan McGregor, I wanted to see all of these actors fucking in costume as Force Ghosts whilst the Emperor's doing his fucking thing. I wanted to see that. And then they, they decided not to do that because China said, no, we don't want ghosts. This is why we can't have nice things. Just, just fucking film it, release it here and do a special <laughs> cut for them. I don't see what the issue is. Not, not when China has probably put X amount of money into it. Yeah, but what? Well, they could have used X amount of American money then to film <laughs> that one scene. I don't. Well, come on. I don't know. <sighs> I don't. We know. need a do. We need a do over. Is what we do need. Whilst we still have Mark Hamill with us, we need a do over. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so done. <laughs> We'll just leave it on that. We need a do-over and we'll just hang up there and then... I think so. Need a do-over. Make it happen. See you at the party, Richter.